You're listening to The Hoist on Sin 90.7 FM with Beck and Sandy. And we've also got our lovely producer Mia here with us. Uh, we have some very special guests though, Sandy, don't we? We do. If you haven't heard of Women of Soul before, they are a collective of over 25 female identifying artists and creatives. They are making incredible music, as you just heard. There is even an album coming out in June, which we're going to talk about a little bit. But we're very excited to be joined by two of its members, Chelsea Wilson and Candice Monique. Hi, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for being here. We're so stoked to be able to talk about that upcoming album, the couple of singles that you've released so far, a bit about what you're doing um, at Women of Soul. Uh, which is an incredibly progressive and important collective. And Thank we you. want to, you're welcome, we want to <laughs> chat about the ethos behind it, yeah. where it came from, how it started, and where it originated. Can you walk me through that? Ooh, which part? There's, there's several parts <laughs> to that question. Yeah, okay. I guess so if we go right back to how the start, start, maybe we can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think really the ethos around it was how can we fellow female creatives and musicians support each other in the industry. And so the first show I think was in 2010 and it was Candace and I and a singer from Perth, Randa Kamas, who performs under the name Randa and the Soul Kingdom. And, you know, it's so expensive and crazy to fly an eight-piece band from Perth to Melbourne. So we kind of just went, why don't we all, you know, we'll share a band and so the three of us all sang with the same backing band. And it was just kind of a simple concept. But we sold out the first show. We had 400 people come. And the energy in the room was really electric. And everybody loved to hear from these three very different vocalists and songwriters. And we realized, hey, we've, we've made something really great here because... It's different from a kind of other soul review where maybe you hear some Tina Turner covers and you hear some Aretha Franklin covers. Mm. We only do our own compositions. Mm. And all original music. All, all original stuff. And it just kind of grew from there and we started doing bigger shows and also residencies and we had more and more artists from around the country join us like Milan Ring from Sydney and Alpha Mama and Tara Lynch from the Transatlantics over in Adelaide and and it became a way that we could really support and collaborate with each other. So over the last decade, we've recorded, we've done songwriting and it's become, you know, more of a kind of network. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, as well, you know, there's been a number of other things that have kind of pulled us all together. The the songwriting intensive, should I talk about that now? Or Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like that, that's been one of the most amazing things about the collective is that as a group, we're able to sort of challenge the status quo within the music industry, which is obviously very male dominated. Um, and, you know, the songwriting intensive that um, took place, uh, was it 2020? And, um, yeah, 21. 2020, 2021, um, that was an opportunity for us to be able to write with other women songwriters. Um, one statistic that sticks out is that only about 10% of royalties paid to Australian um, songwriters go to women and um, female identifying songwriters. Um, is that correct? That's, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a really small number when you think about mm -hmm. it. Um, and so an opportunity for us, you know, as women and women identifying writers to get together and write songs exclusively written by women um, and challenge that, that narrative and that status quo. 
you know, that's something really unique that's come out of this collective. It's been such a great, I mean, for me as an artist, you know, it's been the one and only time that I've had an opportunity to play with an all women identifying band to record music with women engineers and producers only with all women musicians mm. um, and other all women vocalists. Um, you know, it's been an incredible um, networking exercise in that way and that, you know, you've gotten to know so many other women creatives and musicians across um, the country, not just Melbourne. Um, and, you know, the, the songwriting intensive, I think, was a um, such a great experience and but also such a huge networking opportunity as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's some amazing music that's come out of it, you know. And I think back to, like, you know, the first Women of Soul album that we recorded and, you know, there was some amazing music on it, you know, and, and some great songwriting. And I think we've just grown and grown since then. And, you know, to hear what you know, the Women of Soul Collective are writing now is just, it's mind-blowing for me having been sort of involved right from the get-go to mm. hearing where we're at mm. now. I'm so proud of everything that's come <laughs> oh. out of it, you know. As it's, you should be. Yeah, amazing. definitely. Yeah. And what an important message that you are sending as a group um, because I feel like there's so many young female-identifying musicians that we've spoken to where there's just the man in the chair sitting at the computer doing all the producer things and they're just sitting back watching while it happens. Yeah, and, you know, there's just some... There really are some incredible men in the music industry that are wonderfully supportive of, of women, you know, but it's a different vibe when you've got... when you're working with women. And some of the feedback we had after recording this album was, you know, one of our artists was saying, I've never actually sat next to the engineer and seen how things were edited because I didn't feel like I was allowed to do that. Mm. It's like, of course you're allowed to do that. It's your recording. But just, <laughs> you know, so yeah. for the first time she was like really involved in, I don't like that part of my vocals and I don't like this part. And she was in tears and just saying, this is the most oh. incredible mm. recording I've ever been a part of. And so, mm. you know, for me to be the producer of a record that's created a space where people have really learned a lot too, the professional development side of it, where mm. I've said to people, hey, why don't you try doing the arrangement for this and mm. you know we'll try and support and mentor you to to try something that you haven't tried before and that's really exciting too. Yeah I can definitely sort of say the same in the sense that my experience of being in the studio recording the I'm Enough single um, obviously there's a spoken word part in that you might want to call it a rap part whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> my favourite part. And, yeah and <laughs> so um, you know that's something that is a part of what I've always done within my music you know I started out doing spoken word poetry and you know I've been a hip hop head since day one um, and being in the studio with a, a woman engineer for the first time um, a non-binary engineer recording that um, part of the song um, it was a very different vibe for me because I guess in terms of like rap vocals and having a, a woman spit rap vocals mm -hmm. and how that's responded to and potentially even how um, you know unconsciously engineers might respond to that and therefore what takes are kept and what aren't and and how it's and, and you know how confident I felt just by people's body language and the way that they were communicating with me whilst I was you know in the booth um, it was a really different experience and and I kind of realized that that was probably the one part of my vocals that I was the most insecure about because it is, I guess, an area that is so male-dominated. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess in, in a lot of circumstances in the music industry, I've frequently been asked to just sing the hook. No one wants me to rap a verse. No one wants me to jump on and, and you know, spit in that sense. Um, and so it's, it, it was really um, amazing, actually, to have someone kind of sit there and, like, affirm some mm. of the things about my rap verse and my vocal takes that I'd never had affirmed before or never had responded to in that way before or, you know, yeah, it, it was really interesting. It was, it was, and I guess I, I hadn't even realised myself that those barriers were there until I was in a session where the barriers weren't there. 
Mm. you know (laughs) yeah so true and it's amazing to hear on this track the way that you weave together poetry and rap which are really two sides of the same coin um and to hear how you've kind of carved a space for yourself in what is a predominantly you know male space of music um and you are very involved in other projects as well so are you chelsea i mean Mm. i was reading your bio and it's like the amount that you have accomplished is crazy like you were the music manager at pbs um you're obviously the director of women of soul you're on the board of a bunch of different associations (laughs) (laughs) um so obviously for both of you championing women's voices is very important and thinking about the fact that sin i mean we are made and predominantly listened to by young people under 26 Mm. so would you have any advice for young women and gender diverse people in the music industry that you've learnt during your various experiences? <laughs> I'm looking at Chelsea like, oh, okay. oh words of wisdom here because um, <laughs> I, I could talk all day. But <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, one thing I would say is don't wait for anybody to give you permission mm. or invite you to do something. Just go mm. and make stuff happen. You know, if you want to be a festival director, it's extremely hard to get a job. Go and start your own festival. Just just do it. Just start booking bands. Go and, you know, pay a permit fee, get a car park, get a warehouse, whatever you want to do, and put on your own festival. You know, if you want to make a podcast, just start making a podcast. You know, don't don't wait for permission or an invitation because it's not it's probably not gonna happen. Mm. So yeah, don't wait. Just go and do it. Go and do it. And you don't do be have scared. a podcast as well, don't you? You started one that also is about. <laughs> Add that to yeah, you really wow. are taking your own advice there as well, and it's also yeah, highlighting I, women in music. I started a podcast. It's called Control, and it highlights women and um, gender non-conforming people working in the music industry predominantly. Mm. And it's a really different feeling from doing a music radio show. It's so different, and anyone mm. listening that is. You know, any of the Sin fellow broadcasters and podcasters out there will know what I'm talking about. It's just such a different feeling and I've loved doing it. Mm. I've really enjoyed doing it. And yeah, go, go out and do these things. Absolutely. Mm. And I guess I would say back yourself. Yeah. You know, that's that's um, one thing that I wish I had had someone say to me in my early 20s, starting out in the scene here in Melbourne, back yourself, um, you know, because I guess I had sort of, um, you know, see, seen, you know, other people doing things in the scene and thought, oh, because they went to Box Hill Tafe and had training in this, that, mm. you know, they've got more than me um, and didn't really see the worth of what I had to offer, you know. Um, mm. And it took a really long time for me to actually gain that confidence and realize, like, hey, I've got something different here. Um, and, you know, I can stand toe to toe with any of these people in this industry, any of these men in this industry <laughs> and do my thing and be successful. Um, and, you know, it, I think what I really appreciated was that I sort of got taken under the wing of some other women in the scene, um, you know, Chelsea being one of them, um, you know, Carmen Hendricks, who I did back in vocals for for quite some time oh, being another um, and yeah. seeing, you know, how she operated and how, you know, watching her, um, you know, tr- learn to play keys so that she could do solo gigs, you know, and Chelsea, I think you've done the same thing. And, you know, just seeing people take their destinies into their own hands and decide that they're just going to go ahead and do these things and they're going to promote themselves and investing in themselves in their career and believing 100% this is going to go there and, you know, the, um, taking up every opportunity that I could I did 
did everything from yeah. the freezer central through to you know the, those uh, um, the freezer mentorships um, you know all, all of those um, opportunities just got my fingers in as many pies as I could you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that that would be my other advice is just to like you know experiment write music with lots of different people um, you know um, try and get up on stage with as many different types of um, musicians as you can I think that was something that I really um, loved about Melbourne when I moved here from South Australia was that I got the opportunity to do backing vocals for reggae bands, hip hop bands, um, soul soul music bands, world music, um, you know, folky singer songwriters, like everything. I just tried everything and, you know, experimented with whatever I could to kind of find who I was in that and where I fit in that. And um, I think that's what really sort of built my confidence in what I did and what my craft was, you know. Mm. So, yeah. That. Yeah. I think that's that's really good advice. And don't be scared to fail because there's nothing wrong with failing. I hate the word failing anyway. It's just you stumble, that's how you learn and that's how we grow. Mm. We don't we don't grow if we don't try and we don't learn anything that way. So if you just got to stay humble, be polite, treat people well, and if you make a mistake, people understand and will forgive you if you're nice about it and you're an asshole, you know, like just <laughs> You know, practice your work in an ethical way, support your community and and go for it. Yeah, such good advice. And speaking of supporting the community, um, bringing it back to Women of Soul and everything that you do, thinking about the fact that you two, as you said, were founding members of this collective over a decade ago now mm. and how much it's grown to today. I mean, Beck, you were astounded by the fact that there are, like, how does this logistically creatives. work? There are yeah. over 20 I was really creatives. interested in the semantics and how you pull an album together with so many people involved. <laughs> <laughs> is it ever chaotic or is it, it just falls into place? Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You live in the chaos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it. Yep. it was a really interesting project because it was so collaborative in that with the songwriting, the songwriting was the first stage of the project and we split those 30 different female writers and we broke into groups of three and four. And so, you know, the idea was just to write a bunch of songs and kind of put them all in a big kitty and then decide which would be the best songs for the record and then decide who gets to sing them and who plays on them. Mm. And what I kind of naively didn't really think about too much or anticipate was how emotionally involved and connected people were going to get to the songs they'd written in the group. Mm. So then they really wanted to sing on them. So then, you know, it kind of just, there were some natural things where then some people started kind of going, I want the song to sound like this, you know. So there was a lot of back and forth around you know, so a song like Lifeline, for example, yes, you know, Rita Such is lead vocals, but there's there's four songwriters on that song. There's Rita Such, myself, Amelia Schnoll and Alzi. And so there's four songwriters, there's eight musicians on the song, and then there was our producer and mixing engineer, Anna Laverty, and our and two other assistant engineers. So it's a big collaboration on, on one song. Mm. Yeah, you know, so that was an amazing part of the process. So yeah, there's about twelve musicians on the record. There's you know fourteen, I think, vocalists, mm. and then um, all of our engineers and crew, our graphic designer, photographer, videographer. They're all women as well. 
So special. Yeah. So cool. How and mastering as well. <laughs> Kathy, yeah. can't forget yeah. Kathy Naunton, who mastered the record, just did an incredible job. Have mastering is like some voodoo magic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, what, is it, what exactly <laughs> do they do? Yeah. But then when you I get it back, you're like, wow. In terms of your question, though, about, you know, do things fall into place, I feel like in some sense, you know, you do find those pockets of synergy in amongst the chaos as well, though. So, for example, this story that Chelsea and I often tell about what happened with the um, the drums on um, I Am Enough um, and how the night before we were oh, supposed yeah. to go in for the recording with the band for I Am Enough, um, the drummer who had learnt several or all of the tracks, I think, for yes. the album um, came down with COVID the mm. night before. Um, and so obviously the recording an album during before. COVID was chaos in itself. <laughs> it's like um, a nightmare. Yeah, and so Chelsea has had to pull a, a bit of magic um, and managed to find an incredible yes, drummer. Maria um, Moles. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maria is amazing yeah. and was actually originally lined up to play on the album so with all the COVID and you know the lockdowns and you know it will come to no surprise for you to hear that this whole album was record was planned to be recorded and then we had to reschedule the Push whole thing because back. of lockdowns yep. so Maria was going to play on the album and then when it was rescheduled she wasn't going to play on the album and then when our drummer Freya got COVID I was like I'll just ring Maria and Maria said oh, I can't come tomorrow I've got teaching and I was like oh my god cancel the kids I don't care like do whatever you have to do I'll walk your dog for a year like yeah. I will anything you need I will do like I, mm. I'm desperate you need look please because yeah. you know we only had Anna in town for a certain amount of days before she was going to Tasmania for another recording project and I had eight other musicians lined up to come in and the studio mm. booked and it was like yeah Maria and yeah. so she came in, never heard the songs before, and just smashed it. Yeah. And out of that, um, there was um, a take that we did of I'm Enough um, where she thought the song had finished and it hadn't quite finished. So she's dropped out with the drums. The rest of the band has kept playing and she's gone, oh, it's not finished yet. And she's jumped back in. And Whoa. the recording actually sounded really cool that way. And we ended up dope. leaving that stop in and it's in the final recording. And it actually turned into wow. a little vocal part where we've put some harmonies over it and turned it into an actual feature of the song. No so way. when you talk about like that in those pockets of synergy that come in amongst the chaos. That's one of them that I feel has created something really special in the mm. song that is actually kind of a song highlight for me, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah. so it, it is pretty amazing when you get a bunch of people together. Yes, it's going to be chaotic, but there will also be magic that comes out of it. And, you know, this incredible bunch of women that came together for this album have made magic, mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. not it's not a band, you know, like the the pe the people who played on this record were not a regular band that play together every week. You know, a, for a lot of these musicians, it's the first time they've actually played together, so you just don't really know what's going to happen until you get in. Yeah, and that's mm. quite exciting. It's so special. That is special. Um, I feel like we could just talk about this forever, but I am <laughs> conscious of the time, and I wanted to talk about how you've got your album coming out, oh, yes. Um, yes. and you've got a gig for it. Um, we're so excited yeah, to hear so this full body of work. Album drops June 9th, right? It's mm -hmm. called Feel Good. I'm sure that's how everyone will be feeling when yeah. they hear it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going off the two tracks we've heard so far, they're yeah. amazing. Thank you. Stunning, stunning stuff. Well, the good news is it's actually even coming a little bit sooner. 2nd of June. Oh, Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, have I got the wrong date? Surprise. <laughs> there you go. Wow. That is such a nice surprise. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Christmas came early. Yeah, it is. It's really <laughs> exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. The title of the album is Feel Good. You know, considering all the stuff we've all been through in the last three years, it's ultimately, you know, quite quite a positive, you know, 
title for the record. Mm. Um, and if you hear the lyrics, the song Feel Good is um, sung by Kylie Aldist and written by Kylie Aldist um, on the album. And it's, a, you know, there's all these lyrics in there about, I don't want to hear about Zoom. I don't want this. I don't want that. I just want to really feel good. Mm. And it is a really good feel good album. But yes, June 2nd, we're going to be throwing a launch party at the Toff in town. And tickets will go on sale for that very, very soon. Beautiful. We were just saying that's one of our favorite venues as well in Nam. Mine too, absolutely. In terms of, you know, as a vocalist, the sound in that place. Yeah, the sound Mm. is good. good. Such a good atmosphere. Good wine list too. Um, (laughs) Very important important thing. Food. The food at Cookie is really yummy. Yeah. Well, make sure that you stay up to date with everything that Women of Soul are doing. You can follow them on their socials at Women of Soul AU. You don't want to miss this amazing show that they're putting on. And I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. We are going to spin the one of the other singles that you've released, I Am Enough, that we've been talking yep. about, which features Candice herself, who's been very, very lovely in coming into the studio tonight to have a chat with us. We've also been joined by Chelsea, the director of Women of Soul, so, so great to talk to you guys. It is honestly a blessing to be able to talk about this project that is so important and really is just doing so much for the community and especially the community that we're a part of being young women ourselves. So thank you for thank everything you. that you do. And thank you for coming in. Thank you yeah, for having nice. me. Yes. Thank you. Thank and supporting you. the project.